broken family. My dad is very alcoholic. So he beat my mom since ever I, you know, I grew up. So I, we, our family has no any peace at all when I start to grow up. So it's really, really hard. My mom's uh, head and body just scar all over her head and, and, and body, a bunch of stitches all over her head. And so uh, at one point, uh, I was probably 10 or 11 years old, just, just aggravate at my dad and try to protect my mom as much as I could. So both of us, even though almost killed several times by our own, uh, by my own dad, my mom almost killed several times as well. So it's, it's so hard uh, for me and I, I really hate drunk people from <laughs> from uh, the first, uh, uh, like, 10, uh, 5, 10 years old, and I just don't want to associate with drunk people at all that is in, in, in my life. So at one point, my mom just uh, decided to run away from my dad, escape of the fearness. So uh, she uh, went to Thailand, left with uh, my, me, my younger sister and a brother. So back then I was about 12, my brother, uh, my sister about eight, my brother about six years old. So hopefully my dad probably is responsible, but he never responsible. He still go for drunk and we have no food, we kids has no food. So I have to start working and earning some small income for our uh, family. So we earn about like 75 cents, uh, that because I, I was a kid, so people would not give me much. So I try to go around and asking people to give me whatever job uh, I could do, clean their dish, clean their yard, or whatever I could. So just to bring some uh, money for, for me and uh, my brothers and uh, sister. So one time, uh, one time my dad was uh, very sick and he died. He, he, he got cancer, so he passed away. And I was uh, homeless because people just come and sell our home because they said our dad owed them money. So we just kids, so we don't know. Uh, we could even fence ourselves. So, well, if people come and grab our home, then we have no choice. So, end up we are on the street. So, just room around in the city of Phnom Penh and build the cardboard to stay. Uh, Cambodia is a monsoon country. It, if there is like talking about rain, raining. In Seattle, I just came from Seattle. Seattle, if they talk about rain, they are like sprinkle rain. <laughs> <laughs> but in Cambodia, if talking about raining, it just poor rain. 
and it rained and rained a whole day, and it's strong rain and flooded, <coughs> got flooded. No, uh, the road all flood, just like a river. The road has become a river uh, after a couple hours. So it's been hard uh, for us. So we actually wish to die if possible so hard. Our government uh, fail us trust. Our religions also fail us trust. So we are hopeless. We are lack of hope, lack of choice, and we have nowhere to go. So by the grace of God, one of my friends, I have a friend of mine who is uh, become a Christian, and he invited me to church. He is a neighbor. He is a neighbor uh, of mine, my uh, previous neighbor. So he is my classmate. So I dropped class. I dropped school. So he come and visit me. He found me uh, where I lived, and he come give me some food. Always come give me some some foods, and he he said, "Could you come to church with me?" I said, "Well." Uh, I have to work, you know, on Sunday. And he said, well, you know, I buy you food uh, today. Uh, I save money and buy you food, and would you come to church with me? So I said, I don't have to work because I have food. Uh, already he, he gave me uh, food, so me and him, uh, we come to church. So this morning, come to a song that uh, you, you are singing about, singing about uh, what a friend we have in Jesus. That is the first song that I hear. Yeah. And it just, God just, I don't know, he, he just talked to me. And he comforted me just with the song. And so after the preaching, uh, the preacher uh, Announce if any uh, any people that lacking hope, lacking joys, come to the Lord. He could provide you joys, not only hope and joys, but He give you eternal life. I never know what is eternal life mean, but I have no hope and joy in my life. So I I I I raise my hand and ask the preacher. Uh, if, I, if God could give me hope and joy, he said, of course he could. Amen. So uh, he grabbed me to his office, explained me how to accept Christ as my Lord and Savior, and he said, when you sincerely accept Christ and invited him as your personal Lord and Savior, then he will be there inside your heart forever. Amen. And I said, I want him. So I pray and ask him, uh, I ask him to come to my heart. The next Sunday, I, 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 I come again. I remember that song, so I, I, I sing that hymn, What a Friend We Have in Jesus. And he gave me joy. He gave me hope. And I'm so happy. I have nothing, but I'm happy this time. Yeah. 
Yeah, I just happy. So I come back to uh, uh, see my brother and sister, and he, he said, oh, you are, look so happy. What's going on with you? I told him, I have Jesus. <laughs> and my, my, my sister, I thought you have more food for us. <laughs> he said, what is Jesus? Uh, he, uh, in their mind, because we never heard about Jesus, in their mind, Jesus probably some some sort of food, you know. <laughs> I said no. <laughs> he, he is God. He said God. God could give you uh, happy, and you know more hungry. I said yes. So we are talking about Jesus, and then I explained to he, uh, to uh, my my younger brother and sister. And the next Sunday we come to church. And they got saved. Amen. If we still on on the street, I'm working, and I'm very sad at one at one day because our project. I work for a construction road construction worker. So uh, after the project in the town finished, we have to move on to the other uh, section. So I could not come to church because it's going to be far away. So I told the preacher, I'm really want to back, come back, but it, it's uh, on the other side of the town. So the preacher started to ask me what my circumstance. So I told him, and he learned that I'm homeless. And he said, you know what? Uh, the church would offer you to stay in one room if you want and do a small uh, cleaning. If you want, you have a place to, to stay and buy you some typical food. Maybe not a good one, but probably better. And I said, yeah, if, if the church is willing to do that, that is our first prayer that we've been praying. And we don't know the church would do that. So me and my brother, my sister, we all moved to the church and we stay in, in that room. Boy, I come to the I have time to come to the altars every night because I stay there at the church, one room. At night, I come, I sing, I ask God why. Why I have to go through these circumstances? Why I have to born in this family? I ask God why I have to be on the street. All has no answer for me, but I sing and I have joys. And because I just 13, 14 years old and grow up in the Lord as a teenager, able to attend the youth group, attend all the service in the church. I'm so happy, able to read my Bible and go to school like other regular kids my brother and sister able to go to school. So 19 years old, I was 19 years old, and I know God called me to preach. I know God called me to preach because many Cambodian people lacking hope and joy like me. And most of all, they are lacking eternal life that they have never experienced. They, ne they, they never had. So I said, I want to preach. I want to give, to give 
them hope and choice that God offer me to them as well. So I surrender my life to, uh, to God and 1999 is the first Bible college started in Cambodia by a group of uh, different missionary, uh, Baptist missionary. They come to Cambodia. So one of our, uh, our missionary, Billy Hass, from the U.S. also, he, uh, he is independent Baptist uh, missionary. So he started uh, join the group of other missionaries. They started Bible college. So I'm the first batch of that college, first time. <laughs> and so I enrolled. And three years later, I graduated from that Bible college. And me and my wife, we met each other at the, at the church, actually. My wife is one of the youth uh, at the church as well. So I pray. I, I need someone to come alongside with me in ministry. So my, then my wife come, then we have a date, and people say, no, don't marry Selah, because she, uh, she never cook. She don't know how to cook. <laughs> she don't know how to do any chores, because uh, she, uh, she had brother and sister, and she is in the middle. She just kind of lay off. She's not good for you. Well, you know, <laughs> I said, I don't care. I just want a woman that uh, willing to follow the Lord. Amen. If she allowed me to be a preacher, I didn't care anything. I will marry her. So I asked her and she said, well, you know, I want a preacher because I know a preacher would do a lot of things for me. <laughs> and he will love me <laughs> because he loved the Lord. <laughs> but I tell you, I, I don't know how to cook. <laughs> you know? If you want to be a preacher, I'm fine. You know? uh, so we agree each other, so we marry. We marry. <laughs> and so uh, first day in the field, we, we, we went to start a church. And I asked her, honey, what food do you, you could cook? Um, you know, only egg, fried egg. <laughs> I said, well, probably we can survive. So. <laughs> so, so when this morning Brother Jared hold an egg, I really remember. <laughs> uh, he, Brother Jared, he hold an, an egg, uh, box of eggs, and he said his home had many eggs. I really remember my wife cooked a lot of eggs for me. <laughs> Fry egg all the time for three months. And <laughs> I said, honey, I love you dearly, but I could not handle egg anymore. <laughs> she said, well, I told you I never cook only eggs, so you... Uh, we make a deal, right? I said, well, yeah, it's okay. <laughs> so go on, and he, uh, I said, well, I start um, cook. Yeah, we go and uh, preach. We start 
uh, church and so I will go on my uh, slide here. Okay, I, I thought I, I have to press here, but actually it should press there. <laughs> so um, this is Angkor Wat. Angkor Wat is seven wonder of the world in Cambodia, known as the biggest of the biggest religious building in the world. So uh, this used to be a, a Hindu uh, religious uh, building. So they built this one, the biggest building in the world, and very old. It was built in the early 11th centuries, and it built on the water. Uh, however, a ton of stone built on the water. So it's a very high um, architecture, because if you go to uh, YouTube and you want to learn more, then you type Uncle Wat, and it, it come out, the history of Uncle Wat. So it's rep a representative of our uh, country. So this is the map of Cambodia. Uh, Cambodia is land border with Laos, Vietnam, and Thailand. So we are in, in the middle, and we have a Gulf of Thailand, a little bit of a uh, sea there. So this is our main church uh, right now. We um, build this church. So the guy on that, uh, uh, he covered his head, a hood. His name is Pa. I give a little bit my testimony, uh, te uh, testimony about Pa. Pa is um, living in a village uh, called Trokit. So one day, as I am a preacher, there is a lady who got saved, and he come to me. He said, uh, preacher, could you come uh, uh, to our village and start a church there? Because I want other people to hear uh, the gospel as well. So I told, I told her, well, we just pray about, you know, starting church. If God is calling me, then uh, I will go and start a church. But uh, preaching the gospel, I know I want to preach the gospel. Whenever I have opportunity, I would do it. So uh, can we just uh, go and visit your village? So me and her and the other guy, uh, we on the scooter. So we, we have two scooters. So we uh, went there. It's about an hour and a half from Phnom Penh. We reached there. So on, on, the, um, on, the, on the road, I, I'm just praying. I said, Lord, uh, if you will want me to start a church here, please. Uh, give me two souls when I talk to uh, the people. Uh, if people respond to me, uh, two of them will accept Christ. I would come and start a church here. So that I'm hoping and looking for and pray. So we left uh, the city, went to that uh, uh, village. When I went to that village, what I it is this guy, his name is Pa, and Pa is 
alcoholic, very bad alcoholic. Yeah, very bad, very bad, bad alcoholic. He just called me name when I tried to uh, uh, give the gospel. He just shout at me. He cursed me. He said he don't want other religion in this village at all. And he just said, wild uh, drunker, very wild. And he have a Mercedes on his hand. He said, if you're still here, I'll kill you. And in that moment, it just, he, he just reminding me about my dad, reminding me so much about my dad. I hate drunk people, as I told you, even though I am a Christian already, but you know, I, still, I still have nightmare with my dad, what he did to me. We on the highest, uh, high, like second floor, as a, teen, as a kid, like eight years old or 10 years old, my dad used to take me and throw me from the second floor to the ground. And I, I used to be unconscious like several hours. So that's how my dad uh, did, uh, did to us. And it, I said, well, you know, I have nothing to do with this guy at, at all. And I don't like drunk people. I said, well, I walk away, and I said, I never come to start a church here. I said, Lord, I never come to start a church here at all. So I just walk away a couple of blocks. So I met a lady and uh, a girl. She is very, I look, she is very fearful, very hopeless, and I just try to uh, stop my scooter and talk to her. Uh, and share the gospel to her and talk about my previous experience with my dad and talk about how God could offer me hope and joy. And right now, God changed me because I, I have so much hope in my life. I told her, and, and joy. I have strength to continue living because God. And she said, uh, I want to accept him as well. So her and her daughter accept Christ as her personal Lord and Savior. So she got, uh, she got saved. Yeah. And it, it's matched to uh, the prayer. Actually, my, my prayer, only one soul got saved. Uh, I will come to start a church there. But God gave me two. I said, well, you know, even though God gave me two souls, I never come <laughs> to start a church here because of that guy, of, the, of that drunk guy. I really hate that drunk guy. So almost we left uh, that uh, area. So Pa come back again uh, with, the, with the knife, and he point me. He want to chase me and kill me and just curse me with a loud voice, all the village uh, hear, uh, hear his voice. So I, I told the lady, I said, well, I, I need to go, and I don't, I don't want to stay here uh, anymore because that drunk guy tried to chase me and kill me. And I, I told her, I, I hate drunk people. I told her because of my dad, my dad. And, you know, she, 
she is crying. She looked, uh, she just looked to the ground and crying. What so she told me, she said that is her husband. I told her I hate drunk people, and I told you too, I hate drunk people. But to that moment, God just burdened my heart so much because she's just picture my mom, and the kid just picture me and my brother and sister. I feel so light at that moment. I, I, I don't know what my feeling all about. I feel my heart is so, so lift up. I feel it's indescribable feeling. But I just want to give her the overwhelming in my heart. I just, I, what I could say, I pray for him. And first time ever that I pray for drunk people. Because I always not negotiate with drunk people, not associate with, I still, I still have a lot of nightmare, even though I become Christian. When I got nightmare, I pray. I think, I think, praise God, and God give me back the choice. In that moment, I, I told her, I pray for, for him, I pray for you, and I know only God could change his life. God could change my life. God could offer me hope. God will offer them hope as well. Amen. And we've been praying uh, for, for him, and here I come back to start the church there in that village. When I, hit, I met that guy, I said, I never come back. But now, when I met this lady and hear his, uh, her, her story, God draw me back. And God has no mistake to bring me to that village. God used that lady and God used that man to get, the, to get out the bitterness that I have from my dad. And first time I said, I forgive my dad. I forgive him. And first time for me, I said, I, la I love my dad. And we've been praying for him. So after two years, he got saved. So he got saved, and the lady that invited me, uh, he gave that land. He donated to me. He said, Preacher, we donate. This is my inheritance from my dad, but I want to give to the church. I want to uh, let you uh, uh, start a church here. And so I said, Well, uh, we pray and we try to do our best. So our, that, that is the church that we're we building right now Amen. with the support of uh, uh, the church in Walsenburg and with uh, some friends we are able to uh, build that church and that is the facility that this guy uh, holds 
so this is uh, 2008. So this is this this is his wife. And right now he completely uh, out of the alcohol. Love his wife, and what I say it's so sweet because he loved his wife ever. He he know he been wrong, and he tried to restore his family. He become a good dad, and a good husband, and he taking care of all the church facility. Come to church every single Sunday, never miss at all. This is him with the Bible. So this is the whole facility that we add up. And he's taking care of that facility, make it look nice, and make, like, every Sunday, make it ready for church. So this is inside the, uh, uh, the building. So this is our Sunday school. We divided it to Sunday school class. So we have 40, 50, 60 kids in the village come to, Amen. Uh, uh, to the class. So this is the, the Sunday school. So this is different class. So this is David. I give a brief a little bit uh, of uh, testimony about David. David previously was a street kid like me as well. So... Uh, his parents died by HIV. So uh, people uh, won't go near him. Uh, since that is about almost 20 years ago. Uh, because in Cambodia, they are innocent of um, HIV. So they said if people get HIV, if you touch them, you will get HIV too. So people wouldn't go near him. So he just was abandoned. And if people want to give him food, then just throw at him. He stay underneath of the tree. So me and our missionary come, and I I'm, I'm feel so burdened for him. And I said, well, we need to take him uh, to our orphanage and see if he got HIV or what. We don't know, but we try to do our best. So our missionary agree. So we take him in, wash him up, take him to doctor, check his blood. By the grace of God, he didn't have HIV. Amen. He didn't have HIV. So right now, he's grown up in the Lord. He is 22 years old right now. When we take him in, he was uh, about uh, four and a half years old. And right now... He, he just, about eight months ago, he said, he called me dad. He said, dad, I want to preach. So I said, well, can you take the church? He said, well, I don't know if I could uh, because the people know you more. I said, well, if you're willing to take over my place, uh, that would be great. So I'm so happy when... When, when he told me, I called to preach. Because I never asked him to be a preacher. Because if I am asking him to be a preacher at one point, you know, uh, he will drop. 
But if God call him to be a preacher, no matter what, he will be stick on. So I'm waiting for several years. And God answered my prayer. And right now, he's a pastor of that, that church. So he's preaching. So this is our, our orphanage. And we have a non-profit that set up in Cambodia called Widow Orphan Relief and Development. So um, starting an orphanage, at first I never hooked up to an orphanage. I want to preach only. But when I, I go out and do ministry, I saw street kids in, in, uh, on the street. I feel, I feel burdened so much for them. I feel compelled for them. It's just picture of me there. And a lot of questions that I ask in front of the altar, why I have to be on the street, become the answer on that day. I said, well, why I have so burdened with street kids so much? Because I'm one time there. And I talked to my wife. I said, we should start an orphanage. Uh, are, you, are you okay with that? We have no funding, but I know God will supply. Amen. And she said, well, I don't know if you could do, but anything you, you want to do for the Lord, I am behind you. Amen. You know, I'm really praise God. She don't know how to cook, <laughs> but she is willing to be with me all the rest of my life Amen. when the Lord called me. By God's grace, right now, she is a mom for 44 kids. <laughs> uh, she have to cook. <laughs> and she know how to cook. God teach her how to cook. <laughs> People say she will not be a good mom, she will not be a good uh, wife, but no, they are wrong. Amen. God can change everyone Amen. if she wants to follow God's will. And so we started that orphanage, and it's grown from, uh, from David, from the first boy, uh, three or four or five uh, uh, kids just go and get from the street, and we have about like seven, eight kids, and the police just come. He said, hey, why you collect all the kids come to your home? I said, well, because they have no home. And I have some, uh, I have some place, then better for them to stay here and, uh, than the street. He said, you, you have no authority to do that. I said, well, so let them die on the street? I asked them. He said, no, you have, if you want to do, uh, tell me why you want to do. So I tell him about my uh, previous uh, uh, testimony. So the local authority come and said, well, if you're willing to do, we try to set you up as a home. Amen. You know, somehow we've been praying, I don't, I don't know, but this guy come and sit down for me, uh, with me, and try to help me. So they give me a local certificate at first. Local certificate for a home, just like abandoned children's home. So we call it a children's home. And then it grown up 
to the point that we need to, to set up a non-profit because our license would not allow us. Our license allow us probably 10 kids, that's all, but we have over, we have to do a non-profit deal. And I have no idea, people just come and help me uh, set up that non-profit in Cambodia. Amen. So with a missionary, uh, he said, uh, through my uh, testimony, should you put the nonprofit called Widow Orphan Relief and Development? I said, yeah, I would love to, uh, that name. So my mom come back from Thailand. So I see her the gospel. I told her about my dad. She's crying. And she accept Christ as her personal Lord and Savior as well. And I baptize her. Amen. And right now she's with my sister. So my sister married to a, uh, to a preacher, other preacher as well. Amen. So we praise the Lord with that. So that's why this is, uh, we call word, widow, orphan, relief, and development word. So we run the children's home. Under the nonprofit, we have a project uh, called Cambodian Community Children's Home. So actually, this is the kit from the home, but under all the training, uh, me and our missionary as well, they are able to conduct music. They know how to play music. Uh, so this is the, the girl, all the girl. That we have from age five to uh, right now 20. So this is all of us, uh, girl and boy. So many of them are abandoned uh, kids. So on, on that, uh, uh, with the eyeglass, that is my wife, Selah. So this is me and this kid. So many of them uh, go at Bible. He, they, they, they could, they teach Sunday school. So the Sunday school teacher, uh, all of them Sunday school teacher, and also song leaders. And so all of, of our ministry mostly running by uh, this uh, guy also uh, in the church. So we have other church plan as well. So this is the girl right now. This is the older girl that they could help my, uh, my wife. So many of these girls, we take them in since they was five, six, seven years old. So uh, from, from the right, one, two, three, four, uh, I take her in since she was three months old, and she able to get a scholarship in CRO right now. So, so this is the van that uh, the church in Walsenburg uh, buy for us. Also, uh, daily we have a daily devotion for, uh, at like eight o'clock. So all the kids in the children's home gather together. We study Bible, we pray, we sing every day. So this is the children's home, actually. So
So uh, this is some old computer that I was collected from uh, my previous uh, uh, trip. Uh, Rex Y work with the company, and they donate some uh, used computer for the kid. They are able to learn how to use computer. <laughs> So this is one of the kids also. I take her in, uh, she's about eight years old. And right now she just graduated from a medical doctor uh, uh, last month. I think last, last month she graduated. So she's a medical doctor right now. And she wants to do a two year for her professional. So <laughs> that's what she wants to do. So this is uh, another uh, uh, boy from the home as well, but right now he is uh, a preacher as well. So he is previously monk. He was a monk when he was a kid. <laughs> his, his, his dad passed away. His mom could not afford to give him food, just put him to the temple, Buddhist temple, to make him monk. <laughs> he don't know why he make him, why he become a monk. <laughs> he just there, and then people make him monk, so he become monk. <laughs> so he got very sick, very very sick. And every time that I come to churches here, and they ask what I need for our ministry, and I said medicine. Uh, we are lacking medicine. We could not have medicine there, so any ibuprofen, any uh, cup medicine, bronchitis or whatever, some medicine that you uh, could give, Tylenols, uh, please give to us. So people donate the medicine. And when I distribute the medicine to the village people, they said, a preacher, can you go to the temple? Because that monk is, that little monk is very, very sick. And he need medicine. Could you come to the temple and give him medicine? So I, I went there, and he is really sick. He didn't need the medicine. He need a doctor. So me and my wife, we pray uh, together and take him to Phnom Penh to have a doctor check up. And he stay in the children's home for a couple of days. We almost take him back to the temple. And he said, no, he, he doesn't want to go to the temple. He wants to stay here if possible. He wants to be out of the mound. And he said, well, okay, if that's what you want to do. So I called uh, the local authority, and he said, that's okay. So he stayed with us. He grew up, and he said, I want to preach. So he went to the Bible college, and he graduated. And right now, he become a pastor. So this is after the, the village. This is his village. So he gathered the, the, the people and shared the gospel. So we went to uh, that building, uh, uh, have, have uh, preaching, and a lot of people got saved. This is monsoon, like I told you, in Cambodia. I said, if monsoon is it, it raining, it rain and submerge everything. So sometimes the people in the village, they, it's much everything. So come to the 
road, they have to find some way to come to the, uh, to the main road. So some of our uh, road that uh, we used to go to church plan was, was out by monsoon rain. And this is our guy, our main guy in the area that uh, we train them to start more churches. So um, in the presentation this morning, I said we have uh, uh, certain churches, but right now, that is three years ago, that presentation. Uh, one of the missionaries helped me to put that presentation. And right now we have 18 churches and um, 44 kids. So, so this is one of the church that uh, we start as well. So this is actually the men. We call it men Bible study. So men, men Bible study is majority for the men who want to be a higher level of Bible um, knowledge. And possibly he will be a preacher. So right now there is 40 men who come to this class and uh, 18 of them become a pastor already and hopefully we, we could do more. So this is the, our guy. So we are able to raise funds. This is my last trip. So any love offering uh, that church given so we purchase a, this is a scooter that I'm talking about. We, we can use that to go probably, well, this one can go 300 or 400 miles. It's okay. It could come back, but not very fast. It go probably, um, could go to 40 miles, 50 miles. Yeah, but it's good. So we are able to uh, purchase for them so that they could have a far access to share the gospel and start more churches. So this is high. Uh, we start other uh, church as well in, in this area. One of the 18 church. So this is during COVID. We are able to help those people. During COVID, if you said this is hard here in Cambodia, the shutdown, a lot of people die not because of COVID, but because they're starving, because they could not go out to work because all the work shut down, and they're living in a daily basis. Like, they work for the day and they eat for the day. That is what they have. So uh, when COVID come, we have no, no place to go and work as a labor. So many of them, die, not because of COVID, but die because of no food. So we are able to, uh, to see that. We are able to uh, raise some fund and save some uh, of our budget from the children's home. We are talking and pray, and some of the kids come up and said, well, we can eat less and bring the food to others. So we eat less during the COVID. I said, well, you know, if we eat more, probably we could not go out because we are locked down, then maybe we will get bigger. <laughs> so <laughs> maybe we eat less, <laughs> we stay. So we stay in the home, it's locked down. So only me and some of the guys who have a 
permit to go. We have a uh, non-profit license, so we can go for we call uh, human humanitarians. So we use that uh, grocery, rice, and noodle bring to the people. So we go take to one of the villages, really desperate need. They are unreachable area. They never heard the gospel. And Mitchell, here is Mitchell Waddell. Uh, he came along with me to that village, and almost 100 people become, uh, got saved. We baptized there. And they never heard the gospel. Talking about Jesus at first time, it's just like my brother. Who is Jesus? What is Jesus? Never heard about Jesus. So we take them there, uh, take uh, this food there, and people are very happy with the food and also medical. So this is Song. Pastor Song is one of our preachers. This is, they do, they call it a cell group study. So the reason why we have them to have motto, they can go uh, to one village, they gathering uh, some, some believer and do a daily, like twice a week of uh, Bible study in that area. So he go to different one and, uh, you know, have four, five, sometimes six and gathering and sing, uh, praise the Lord and do a Bible study. So this is another uh, church as well. So this is the people that make profession of faith want uh, to uh, be saved. So this is another pastor. He is uh, in the border of Vietnam. Uh, recently, we started two church plan there because his idea is want to bring the gospel to Vietnam. But it's hard to preach in Vietnam because Vietnam is a communist close country. But because he's on the border, he can go to Vietnam with no passport and visa. And Vietnamese people who live on the border, they could come, come to Cambodia uh, also free to come because that is the amendment between the border country, Vietnam and Cambodia. So he said, well, I can go to Vietnam and make friends, bring them to Cambodia, attend the church here. And after the church, they can go back to Vietnam. So... Uh, and he said, the reason why we want to do this, when we, we have the gospel, God give us joy. The opportunity to hear the gospel is very pleasant for us. We are so happy to hear the gospel. Uh, the gospel. Why we don't bring this to Vietnam? I said, well, if that's what you want to do, then we do it. So, okay. So it's not me that want to do. This is the people who want to do. That's why I have 18 church plans. I never have intent to have more church plans. But people said, we want to have church in this village. Well, I said, if you want to have church, then start church. So God calling them to do it. So we baptize. This is I baptize in the fish pond. So... It's, it's hard in the fish pond because when you go into the fish pond, <laughs> the fish thought that mm, there's some food coming. <laughs> <laughs> so they just come to... 
so we baptize. This is another church as well. People uh, raise hand for uh, make profession of faith. Baptize again in the fish pond. <laughs> so this is uh, one of our main uh, leader in that area. So uh, if I'm not there, he's taking care of uh, that area. So we just bought to uh, two villages that never heard the gospel. So there is two villages that never heard the gospel. So we have to uh, take a boat an hour and a half or an hour uh, to that uh, area. So we are able to build uh, the building for that, that uh, pastor. He, his, his name is uh, Hai. So this is a church building. Oh, well, look good, Scowl, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, well, <laughs> so the builder from the village, and they just, you know, just whatever they could to build church. So, <laughs> at least the church stand up. <laughs> so this is the, uh, his name is Heng. Heng is 72 years old, and he come to the main study. After the main study, he said, preacher, I want to be a preacher, but I'm 72 years old. Still, could I still be a preacher? I said, age is not limit. Uh, it's not harm you from preaching. If you want to preach, you preach until you die. <laughs> I said, if God called me to preach, I will, if I have opportunity, I will preach the rest of my life. Yep. And he said, well, so I want to be a preacher. I said, okay, come to the Bible study. So he come to the Bible study, and here his church. <laughs> he gathering people, and he, people got saved, and he preached. So I'm able to also volunteer with... Um, Samaritan's Purse, have you familiar with that? Um, Shubak uh, Ministry. So uh, my brother, my youngest brother right now, he's become a region coordinator for uh, Samaritan's Purse Shubak uh, Ministry. So he asked me to be on board. I said, well, it's good because it gives opportunity for unfortunate kid to hear the gospel. So that is, on that right hand, that is my youngest brother right now. So it's the shoebox uh, we brought to the kids. I think, yeah, that's it. Thank you so much. <laughs>